This week on Graze the Rim, we're going to look at the hot starts of our first place teams in each conference and if they can keep it up all season. We also draft our fringe all-star players. We're going to argue over who is a lock to make the team. Plus, we do damage control for a legal defense, and then we'll finish off with our splasher pass. Let's do it. We're back. We are live. I like saying we're live as an intro because it's a podcast. I think it's funny. I'm trying to find my intro voice. You know, you need like a, a catchphrase intro. I'm still working on it. I like saying we're live, so we're going to roll with that for a bit. Okay. And we're I'll live. Do. Today is February 14th, also known as Valentine's Day. And a special shout out to all our listeners. Here's hoping that you can find someone that gets as excited to see you as Steph Curry does when he sees a center switch on to him. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Hey, Rob, before we get started today, yeah. uh, we are an NBA podcast. That's allegedly, yeah, but go That's on. That's a fact. Uh, but we are also just basketball fans in general. Uh, right. So I want to ask you about your Kansas Jayhawks real quick. Sure, go on. Go ahead. Yeah, what's going on with them? Well, uh... Yeah, no, I don't care. But what I do care about <laughs> is that uh, the number 19 Creighton Blue Jays knocked off number 5 Villanova yesterday. I saw uh, dominated that. Dominated them, yeah. So I just think we got to start with the important things. That's good. Uh, you know, I see... You know, I get like college basketball news pop up from Bleacher Report. I got to say, I've seen Creighton on the other end of the upsets a lot this year, so it's good to see them take down a big guy. Mm, they beat number five on That's their second try. That's a, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a good win. How are they in the Big East? Do we know? Uh, number two, right behind Villanova. Does this help close the gap? Yes. They'll still need to beat them the next time. Okay. So you're saying there's a chance. All right. There's a chance, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, moving on, so it is it's episode three right now. And, you know, since we've been going for a bit, it's a few weeks in. I thought I'd you know check in, do some self reflection. Yeah. So, uh, do you, do you have any anything to think about? Any thoughts from the first couple episodes? Any anything you learned? Yeah, we're just naturals. That's all I. That's learned. true. Everything is is very easy. No preparation. No effort. Nope. It just it just flows. Uh, I do like that. I will. I do want to touch about the intro song because. Something happened in between the the first and second episode that we didn't talk about first time. So for those that don't know, the intro tune that you hear at the beginning is the tune to the, the NBA on NBC theme. That, that When the NBC had broadcast rights in like the 90s, that was the tune that played them in and out. So like during the Jordan Bulls runs, you would hear that song before the, or I guess it's the theme. It's not really a song. You'd hear that yeah. theme before the game. And so famed athlete... An artist, shout out to The Longest Yard, where Nelly played the running back. Nelly, he uh, sampled it and recorded a, a kind of sports-themed song called Heart of a Champion. Which, let me tell you, if that wasn't on your 2006 pregame playlist, I don't know what you were doing. You had no music. That song was and still is awesome. So, I, in, in the spirit of that, I wanted to find a cover because I didn't want to get in trouble with, with licensing. So, I found this cover on YouTube, and it, it was just so good because it sounded like the guy... <laughs> had never heard the song before and also wasn't really listening to the music as he was recording. And I, I thought it was great. I thought it was amazing. After our first episode, we, we sent it out to some friends and family to get some feedback. And I was prepared for any kind of criticism on me, my presentation, my delivery. Yes. I knew there was a lot of issues. 
The one thing I wasn't ready for was to criticize the song, and that was the overwhelming problem that people had. And let me tell you, that was a gut punch. Yeah, I was not ready to respond to that. Exactly. And and I, I was going into this thinking that it would be like our project, something we did for fun, that we didn't, you know, we didn't try to just be successful because that would obviously come naturally. But that we would just do what we wanted and what we thought was funny. And and it hurts that I already fooled it on the first thing that I was passionate about, which was the theme song. So we found a compromise to play the actual tune on the intro and then play the real song on the out. If you haven't listened to it all the way, I highly recommend listening to it. Maybe go and like listen to the real Nelly version and then come back and listen to it because it is a it is a good time to be had by all. I don't remember the guy's name. I need to shout him out. That did the. We'll put, uh, it, on, we'll put it on the the very popular Twitter page. Yeah, that's uh, right. Graze the rim. We yeah. have a Twitter that gets we tweet. Have how many times have we tweeted? A few, yeah. Several, more than one. Huh? So yeah, check that out. At Graze the rim, is that what it is? That's correct. All At right, Graze cool. the rim. All right. So, uh, speaking of more reflection things. Yeah, this being episode three, the first two episodes, notorious for going over on time. So I figured what yeah. better way to address that than to spend 10 minutes talking about exactly. it this episode. But yeah. so, so our first episode clocked in at an hour and 49 minutes, the previous one an hour and 39 minutes. And that's 99 minutes for our shortest episode. Here's why we need to cut that down, Seth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it out for you. Yeah, let me know why. Well, I, I, can't, I, can't, I put together a list of things you could do with 99 minutes because... Mm-hmm. That's that's a substantial chunk of time, and in order for people to spend that time listening to us, they have to commit, in this case, 99 minutes. So here's some other things you could do in 99 minutes. For one, you could uh, watch a soccer game, because those oh. run 90 minutes. And I, I want to sidebar a little bit. I watched, so I'm, I'm a bit of a soccer fan, probably, or definitely more than the average American. I watched uh, a game yesterday, Man City Tottenham, and I, I like soccer, I enjoy watching soccer, but... The one American stereotype that I cannot get over is flopping. And obviously, flopping is in every sport, and soccer has an unfairly bad rep for it. But the problem with flopping in soccer is the injury faking. That they fake, like, I could put together a compilation of soccer players with, like, serious, you know, broken legs, ACL injuries, and then a, a compilation of flopping fake injuries, just, like, compiling their reactions to the event. And you would be able to tell which one's the flopping because they would be more dramatic. Yes. It's insane, the flopping. Here's my. I, ha, I have a solution for it. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, I'd love to. Stop flopping. If a soccer player goes down, gets hurt, and they have to stop the game to check on them because they're doing the rolling on the floor thing, they have to come out of the game for a full minute and get treatment. You know, treatment can be in quotes. What this does is, A, if the player's really hurt, they're going to need treatment anyways. And B, if the player's not hurt, they're going to have to stand and watch while their team plays with one less guy. I love it. Because then, all of a sudden, you're not going to want to roll around on the ground if you know that if play has to stop, you have to get carted off to the sidelines and get, again, quote-unquote treatment. So that's my fix. Uh, FIFA, hit me up. <laughs> I guess that's a free PR segment for you. Yeah, there you go. But in, but a regular soccer game is 90 minutes plus about three to four minutes of extra time in each half. Rounds out to about 99 minutes. So you could watch a full soccer game instead of listening to our shortest podcast. Another thing you could do, the Heineken Brewery in Amsterdam. They have a 90-minute tour. Ooh. So you could go do that, which sounds like a pretty good time. Also, the shortest baseball game in history in 1919, the Philadelphia Phillies played the New York Giants. The game took a total of 51 minutes. Oh. So you could theoretically watch that, then go do like a 30-minute crossfit workout that we all love. Yeah. And still have time left over. 
uh, next thing sound you like do, better things to do than listen to this. Exactly. That's, that's the point, is that there's really good options out there. You could also, <laughs> the original, the classic 1994 animated movie Lion King runs a total of 88 minutes. So you could watch that, credit to credit, then have time to go watch a trailer for the god-awful remake. <laughs> and finally, last thing, Virgin Airlines, of all people, are developing a supersonic jet supposed to go from New York to London in 90 minutes. So you can fly from New York to London in the time it takes to listen to this podcast. But you people decided to listen to this. That's exactly right. Having said that, we need to streamline things. Okay. So that's doing great so far. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I guess we should actually start talking about basketball, huh? Because that is the point. I suppose that's what we do. All right. So game recaps. First and foremost, I want to talk Nets because love them or hate them, they are... Amazing to watch. It is must-see TV every time they play. They had a week that was not to be desired by the net yeah. standards. Three straight losses, none of them to teams over 500. Kyrie said after the third loss that they've been average and they work too hard to be average. So the bounce-back game, played the Pacers on Wednesday. They were up 32 oh. at half, 62 to 30. And they continued by winning by 10. They scored 40 points total in the... Second half. So not a, not a great second half showing, but uh, the first half looked good on the headlines. So good for them. Yeah, it did. Next is is the Lakers, a team that has been struggling, but not nearly to the level of the Nets. Actually, really struggling only to the level of what the Lakers' expectations were for themselves this season. They're still incredible. Win- I don't know. What is their win-loss? 21-6. They're incredible. 21-6, half a game behind the Jazz. They've won seven straights, but this week they played three straight overtime games. They won them all. But they were all against tanking teams. They, they played the Pistons, <laughs> double overtime, and then back-to-back overtime games versus the Thunder, all of which they win. They then finished the week by playing the Grizzlies and going down 22-2 to to open the game. <laughs> and in, Anthony Davis had been in and out of the lineup, but against the Grizzlies, he played. And they were down 22-2. to They did win, came back and win that game, which, which is awesome. And it begs the question, are they actually struggling or are they just complacent? And just, that's a great question. They just turn it up you know, when the game is on the line. I guess we'll see down the stretch. Worth noting that LeBron is no stranger to uh, below their standards of regular season play past LeBron yeah. teams. So keep an eye on that, I guess. The one highlight game in terms of superstars was the, the Curry and Luka game from last weekend. Curry and Luka combined for 99 points. Steph had 57. Luka had 42. Doing a wild stat. Uh, the, the Mavericks ended up winning this, by the way. But a wild stat for this game, Steph and Draymond played every second together. Like, I went and looked at the game logs. <laughs> Their minutes played was exactly the same down to the second. Just an interesting stat. That is interesting. The, the Mavericks uh, bounced back from my criticisms of them. I think they heard. Luca heard we were talking and had Christophs to shut us up. heard you talk. Oh, boy, did Kristaps hear me. <laughs> I was tweeting at him. Luca, four-game win streak. He's having averaging 35-9-8. and eight. The problem is... That includes the Warriors game. The other three wins were the Hawks, the Pelicans, and the Timberwolves. So not Ooh. the highest of competition, and they're barely squeaking by these wins with Luka playing yeah. phenomenal basketball. So I don't think this is sustainable the way they're playing right now. We'll see. Uh, Kings had a good week. Last last 10 yeah, to 7-3. They're kind of rolling right now. Make it look easy. Darren Fox is hurt right now. He missed the last game. We'll see. He uh, On Friday, he missed. Hmm. Um, they had beat... Pelicans, Celtics, Nuggets, Clippers, four in a row. 
Uh, those are good losing. teams. Yeah, mostly. exactly. That's a really those good are quality yeah. wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so seven and three in the last ten, they're making a push uh, kind of into playoff contention. On the opposite end, we got the Rockets and Thunder coming back down to where we thought they'd be. <laughs> opposite end of how much fun yes. they're having. Uh, right. Thirteen and fourteenth in the West now. Uh, the Rockets, they're they're not playing fully healthy lineups anymore. Christian Woods hurt, and that has killed any mm-hmm. expectations they mm-hmm. had. the The great thing is the Thunder are finally losing close games, yes. just like we were trying to tell them to do. Well, do you want to uh, know what it is? Yeah, George Hill is hurt. Yeah, surgery on his thumb. I told huge. you, George Hill secret. He's the secret <laughs> to him. And then uh, another quiet thing that's going on is the Spurs are fifteen and eleven, sixth in the West, one four to the last five. We're seeing a brand new version of DeMar DeRozan playing power forward, <laughs> also facilitator in the offense. Yeah, he's a willing passer for yes. sure. It's very Spurs-esque in the fact that no one's really talking about him or seems to be paying attention and they're way you know, overperforming or exceeding expectations. Exactly, yeah. I want to look into a game a little further. Uh, Suns, Bucks, mm. fantastic game. Uh, Suns win 125-124. Bucks had no Drew Holiday that night, but Giannis went off for 47 and 11. Booker had uh, 30, CP had 28. This was interesting that that was the first time those two guys have scored uh, more than 25 in the same game. Hmm. Anyway, Giannis took 21 free throws in the game. The how, Sun, how many the did he Sun, make? 17. So he oh, shot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, Good for him. The Suns were very persistent that DeAndre Eaton had to guard Giannis. And. It didn't work well, obviously. Mm. Were they were the were they playing Giannis at center? No, no. They had Frank Kaminsky guarding Brooke Lopez. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if your options are DeAndre Ayton or Frank Kaminsky, which true, exactly. That's tough. What I see from this is Chris Paul is so good. Still, I don't understand it. <laughs> the dude can get to any spot he wants on the court anytime he wants. He might not be able to dominate the game from end to end like he used to. But if you know those guys keep him, they have enough good players to keep him in contention against any team, and then towards the end, CP is just going to take control of the game. Right. Uh, in this game, it was more so setting up Devin Booker for for some good looks at the end, who's having a phenomenal year. Mm. Um, uh, Devin Booker ended up driving for a layup and got fouled. It was tied one twenty four one twenty four, hit one of the free throws, and then they ran a play for Giannis to take a a jumper at the end of the game. And Devin Booker said, once I saw Giannis taking a jump shot, I knew we won. <laughs> did he actually see that? Yes, I he hope did. so. Okay, good. Yes, he did. That's a, that's a yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what happened in that game. Fun game. That is, that is, I remember, yeah, the stat line for the game was wild. So, the game that I watched closely and took notes on, as I do every game, was Celtics-Jazz from last Wednesday. This was a game that the Celtics came out super hot. I think they, they started seven for nine from the field, and the Jazz were like, totally unbothered by it. They had a pretty comfortable lead for the whole game, just about. Like, the, the Celtics kind of push it to close to single digits at points in the second half, but the the Jazz were able to blow it up to double digits a lot of times. End of the game came, about three minutes left. Jalen Brown hits free throws to cut it to four. And here's here's what happened. So the next six possessions for the Jazz. You ready? Yeah. Donovan Mitchell hits two threes, assists on a Joe Ingles three, and has two lobs through Rudy Gobert. Six possessions. <laughs> and and at that time, the Celtics scored like four total points. All of a sudden, it's a 15-point game. You know, I haven't watched a ton of, of Donovan Mitchell. And I've always, I don't know about you, I've always had him in that like Devin Booker, Jamal Murray tier of player mm-hmm. that I, I equate them as very similar. 
One yeah. thing that I was impressed with was how willing of a passer Donovan Mitchell is. This, I'm going to try to explain a play to you verbally. So yeah, we'll see let's how this do it. Goes. So, so he was l- driving left baseline. So his left hand's closer to the baseline, mm-hmm. driving to the basket. Donovan Mitchell was right. There's a guy on the opposite baseline and then a guy opposite elbow three-point line. You with me so far? Yep. You got the visual? So opposite baseline defender comes to help, right? And when Donovan Mitchell jumps to pass, his eyes and shoulders are squared with the baseline. So the other defender, the, the elbow defender, rotates down to take away baseline pass. Donovan Mitchell, without turning his body, like right hand flicks it <laughs> right to the center, Royce O'Neal's chest at the elbow, wide open three. It was just a really like just a really quick, like not flashy play, but it was a super well executed, like just the right move kind of and you know, that the coach would highlight in a film. Yeah. And I was impressed by it. Which I, I've obviously been impressed by the Jazz all year, which is Going to segue us very nicely and coincidentally into our main story, one of two main stories, which is: Are the teams that are currently first place for real? Is that a, that's a little clunky of a segment title, yeah. but it says what's happening. And yeah. the first team that's in first place is said Utah Jazz. Yeah, so they are eighteen and one in their last nineteen games, hmm. which is incredible. Uh, <laughs> one loss, one loss to the Nuggets in there. Um, so the Jazz start off the season, they lost the second game of the season to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just had to throw that in you there. Had to, I, uh, I know you did. Yep. Uh, and then they <laughs> they lost back-to-back games against the Nets and Knicks to go 4-4. Four and four. And ever since have just been unstoppable. Currently, there's fourth in offense rating and second in defensive rating. They're shooting threes at an amazing clip. Their three-point rate is highest in the NBA, uh, fourth in percentage. Unstoppable right now, it seems. Yeah, and I think, like you said, the three-point percentage. So they were the best three-point shooting team by percentage last year. Mm-hmm. And this year, they just, I guess they finally realized that, hey, maybe we should shoot more threes because it turns yeah. out we're pretty good at it. They actually took a hit last game because last game, as in yesterday, was the worst three-point shooting performance of them this season. They shot 26% from the three-point line, and they beat the Heat by 18. Which is, it's unreal. you know, the stats would indicate that they're so like you said, they're a great three-point machine. They're also fifth in the league in opponent's attempted three-point percentage mm-hmm. and second in opponent two-point percentage. So they're shooting well. Other teams aren't shooting well. Turns out right. that's a recipe for success. <laughs> it works well. And even when they're not shooting well, they're still winning games. It's, a really, it's, it's, it's really funny, their formula, is that they're just, like I said, they're forcing a low three-point percentage. They're forcing people off the line, and they're forcing them into Rudy Gobert, who's having a career-high blocks per game. Which turns out that, that Rudy Gobert is, like, you think of him as a potential liability because you see him getting spin cycled by Curry oh, on these highlights. Yeah. But, I mean, he is awesome in and around the rim. That he, not just like the shot blocking, but the shot altering that he does. And uh, so, that's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go. No, you go. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> Fine, I'll go. Okay, you go. The, qu- <laughs> the question ends up being, like, is this sustainable? Can they do this right, the right. whole year? Can they, can they do this in the playoffs? I say yes and i overwhelmingly positively mm, yes okay. uh, uh like you mentioned the the defensive thing is what sticks out to me so much they have so much length on the court uh to close out to shooters like you said and funnel them right to go bear who is you know, blocking anything that goes up yeah he's got to be the, the favorite for defense player of the year uh, absolutely like the overwhelming and then favorite, yeah. my my favorite thing about what's happening is is Royce O'Neal. Guys like this make mm. me so happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, below average three-point shooter. 
I guess right around league average, 37%. This year he's up to 44%. That makes it so hard on opposing defenses because last year you could help off Royce uh, when Gobert's roll into the hoop. Now when they set a ball screen, Donovan Mitchell's coming off the screen, Gobert's diving hard to the rim. You have to make a choice. Are you giving up the easy lob or are you leaving somebody open on the perimeter? Uh, and right now, Royce O'Neal's making him pay for it, knocking down threes. Yeah, well, like you said, that's, I mean, that's basically, to oversimplify, that's the Jazz formula is they've surrounded right. Rudy Gobert with four guys that can shoot. Exactly. You know that, that right now, they have six guys playing at least 25 minutes per game that are shooting over league average from three. Mm-hmm. Four of them are shooting over 40%. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, just offensively, it's a it's a pick-your-poison kind of thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit. Okay. I, I I don't know how sustainable it is for two reasons. One is as impressive as Donovan Mitchell has been in the playoffs historically, is that there has to be elevation of play at the top specifically yeah. because it's very hard to win playoff games without all not necessarily all time but an all NBA level offensive talent. And we'll see if Donovan Mitchell can do that. If that's if that's able to something he can do for the playoffs and in the big games when defenses are step up and key in the seven game series. But most concerning i guess you could say is i see a lot of parallels between this and another team historically i'm going to uh, here's here's another team in the last 15 years that from one season to another showed marked improvement without changing their coach or any of the five starters do you want to guess what that team is the atlanta hawks that's correct yes 60 win 2015 atlanta hawks you mean the kyle corver that's right loaded with all-stars they had yeah. six players averaging 10 points per game. They were famous for a balanced scoring attack, not unlike this Utah Jazz. The problem was when things hit the fan, as people say they do, they were swept in the conference finals by the Kevin Loveless Cavaliers because <laughs> they didn't have an elevating player. They couldn't elevate the player. Donovan Mitchell is better than anybody on that team. Right. No offense, Paul Millsap. But that's it's a parallel that I see because they're a great defensive team. They're an unselfish, awesome offensive team, but they don't have, you know, the offensive star power that you would hope for in a championship contender. Okay, okay, I'm gonna call you Shaq. You're, you and Shaq are sharing a lot of the same right, ideas. Right, that we hit, both hate the Jazz. Right, exactly. Uh, but I think Donovan Mitchell is a guy that you can just roll the ball out to. Said, "Hey, I need a bucket. He's gonna get you there." I be- I believe he is that type of guy. I'm so impressed with him. Uh, but they also have the leadership of Mike Conley. That changes things That's for me. That's true. I do like my uh, comment. On offense and defense, right now he's he's missed the last three games. He's day to day with a hamstring injury, which is kind of where they where they uh, things kind of fell apart last year. He just couldn't stay healthy and stay in the rotation. Right. Uh, so we'll see if that changes things. But <clears throat> he's so experienced in the playoffs and just running offense. I th- I think they're going to be fine. Now, are they better than the Lakers no. and the Clippers? Maybe. Yeah. So the second part. Yeah. <laughs> no and maybe is where, is where I land on right. that. But I would love to see a seven-game series between the Jazz and the, and the Lakers. Yeah, we'll see. But like I said, I'm just a little more skeptical than you, I guess, of how the play is going to carry you over to the playoffs. But right. we'll see. Okay. Who so that's we the got? West. That's the West. The East. We have your very own, not that they're yours, the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> So Sixers are currently 18-9. and nine. Actually, they're two games in first place in the East, but they're actually on a two-game losing streak. Lost back-to-back games. They're, they're 
Once impenetrable starting lineup of, who is it, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. They started the season 12-0 and when those five started. They actually lost back-to-back games with them starting. So fold to 12-2. Chink in the armor for sure. Yeah. Right now they're eighth in points per game, ninth in points per game allowed. So they're top 10 in both. They're leading the league in free throw rate by a, not a wide margin, but a, you know, a substantial amount that's, as in they're not almost second. I think that the, the big story for them is the two players having career years. Joel Embiid is obviously playing at MVP level. Tobias mm-hmm. Harris, career high in points per game. Also, shooting splits are incredible. The thing is about the Sixers, is it sustainable? I Here's two reasons I'm skeptical. One is that they've played the second easiest schedule in the league. Mm-hmm. And two, as we talked about this last week, they are horrible when Joel Embiid's off the floor. Yeah. When he's on the floor, they are their averages when he's on the floor it would be second in the league in points per game. When he's off the floor, it would be third to worst in points per game. So that that's a big question mark. What do you think about them, about the Sixers? Uh, so as far as will they be the best team in the East, hmm. uh, I still say yes, but it's not necessarily due to the Sixers. Because the so, East is bad. Yeah, more so just right. the level around right. in the East. I'm I'm actually still really high on the Bucks. So, I, I mean, playoff time, we'll see. But I think that the Sixers will finish with the one seed. I truly believe that. Yeah. And like you said, it's mainly because of Joe Embiid. He, the dude is, is dominant. He's yeah. so good at a passing out of, double te- out of double teams this year. And similarly to the Jazz, they've just surrounded, the, surrounded Embiid with shooters. Yeah. I mean, that's they're, they're, before this year, the most effective year they had was the year they had Robert Covington, Sarge, J.J. Redick. Yeah, just shooters all over the floor with Simmons and Embiid. Here's a speaking of shooters. Here's a wild stat that you gotta look up. So go to Basketball Reference. Okay, okay. I want you to do this for me. Okay. 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 I want you. To, well, first of all, we're searching Seth Curry, but from what I can tell, he's the first Seth in NBA history. Oh. Oh. Is that you know true? Uh, hold on. Yeah. Yes. Pretty wild you know stat, right? Seth. Okay, so yes. click on his name, right? Okay. So you're at his page. Look yep. at his. What are his shooting percentages this year? You can see it like kind of towards the top. There's a yeah, little. Yeah, forty nine percent, forty eight percent from three, ninety seven percent from the free throw line. Yeah, isn't that? I mean, that's really good. Do I know it's stupid that pisses me off? Yeah. From the time I looked up the stat to now, he missed a free throw because he was a hundred percent from the free throw line. <laughs> so that's a bummer. But like you said, it's. I mean, he is electric for them, and and. Well, Danny Green's fine. He's whatever. Right. They're a big key to them. Part of the concern with that stat is that there's not a lot of there's not great shooting coming off the bench. So, but there's but there's decent scoring coming off the bench. Well, yes, but I I just I don't know when you have a point guard that can't shoot and your best mm-hmm. player's a center, like you need other guys that people can't sag off of. Right. Especially in the playoffs, because Embiid is about to get black holed whenever he catches oh. the ball <laughs> in the paint. Yeah, I I love Shake Milton off the bench, just as somebody that can get you a bucket. Uh, I mean, he's not shooting that well from three. No, 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 no. Just get into the hoop. Right. Um, and then hit the pick and roll with him and Dwight in the second unit is more so like <laughs> like Shake get to the hoop and just put it up there. If it if it comes off the rim, Dwight's there to clean it up. Right, right, right. Um, and I love. Uh, like you said, with the Simmons and Embiid, your, your point guard can't shoot. They're they're essentially just putting Embiid catching the post and having Simmons in like the dunker spot running baseline. Right. 
he's getting tons of buckets just from Embiid fighting him down there. Uh, so it's, I think that's fun to watch. Also, now that I'm on Seth Curry's page, yeah, you know I'm realizing, yeah, he like you said, first Seth to ever play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He debuted NBA debut January fifth, twenty fourteen. Okay, that, <laughs> that, I, that could have been that could have been me had I just left from high school. I could have won and done. You could have won yes. and done it. Right, right, right. That's too bad. I, it could have been me mm. for Seth. Beat you to it. Yeah. That's too bad. Well, in closing, do you... Here's a question. What do you think the odds are, one, both, none of these in the finals? Because if I had to bet, I would say neither of them make the finals. Yeah, that would be if more so than either of these teams making the finals. Yeah, I'm saying neither of them make the finals. Yeah. Um, I have I have the Jazz making the Western Conference Finals ahead of I have more so than the Sixers making the Eastern Conference Finals. Hmm. I do. I will say the Sixers, like they're playing great, and it feels like the rest of the East is going to play better as the season progresses. Like there's a lot right. of teams that you wouldn't want to play that are better than their records would indicate. Yeah. Like the you I'm know the Celtics, there. the Heat, the Pacers, even and the Nets and the Bucks are all experimenting. So yeah, we'll see. I don't think this is sustainable. I don't think either of them... Well, I guess the Sixers might finish in first, but I don't think either of them will make the finals. Nope. I'm with you. Sick. All right. Let's move on. Main story number two. We're also talking about the All-Star game. Uh, voting's open right now for, for All-Star starters. Yeah. When does that when does that conclude and when are the teams announced? That's a great question. That seems like do something we, know? we should know. <laughs> do we know? Okay. No. Oh, well, you stall. I'll do, some, I'll do some filler. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So All-Star game... They're gonna. We get to pick the fans. Get we pick, the fans. We the fans get to pick the starting five, uh, which is a power that should be taken away from fans because players like Alex Caruso and Clay Thompson are in the top ten for voting. Well, when does? Um, oh God, I I just said what I'm typing. It's not just the fans <laughs> that vote. Like the right, fans don't totally right. decide. No, no, no. They get a, they get a portion of the. There's a percentage of like the fans and media. Uh, that that vote. And then the coaches are going to end up taking the reserves. But Caruso and Clay Thompson are both in the top 10 for uh, guards in yes. the West. Uh, Clay Thompson's not playing a single game this year. That was also the problem where fans used to have to vote for a center. They used to have two yes. guards, two fours in the center. Yeah. And uh, Zaza Pachulio was leading, uh, leading vote getter for a while. And uh, that would have just ruined the All Star game. Right. So what'd you find, Rob? Uh, well, the voting ends on the 16th, so coming up this week. Vote today. Yes, and the game takes place March 7th. I can't figure out when the teams are announced, but okay, probably fine. between this episode and next episode, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so what we did, we each made uh, a list of locks to make the All-Star game that we feel uh, from the East and the West. So we're going to go ahead and read those off. Yeah, because then... obviously there's some players that are... They're, you know, write them in every year as long as they're healthy. Right. So we're going to talk about this year, who are the guaranteed, no doubts. And then we're going to go into the fringe guys. We're going to draft them. That's right. We're going to pick our team of fringe guys so you can get more fringe players onto the All-Star game. Who can, we're going to campaign. We're not going to campaign. I might vote for him. I'm going to... Do you want me to read off my West guys first? Yeah, yeah. Give us, give us your West locks. Okay. Uh, let's start at the top. Not that there is a top. LeBron James. Right. Uh, so how many do you have? Do you have? Do okay, you have a number have, for me? I have nine locks okay, in that list. Okay. LeBron, yeah. Steph, Jokic, Kawhi, Luca, Paul George, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, 
Rudy Gobert. Okay, interesting. You, I put Mitchell over Gobert. See, this is the problem. Yeah, this is the problem. <laughs> I, I do. I see. I think they're both locks. I just do, but I wanted nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess we can do. The problem is, whoever has first pick is gonna take the ten. Shit. Do you, do you, okay. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ten so, locks. Don Mitchell's ten a lock. Ten locks. Good. Good thinking. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Now that we've got that, those numbers, okay. So yeah. I, I had eight locks in the East, okay. and you can let me. I had a, a next tier of players, but here's my eight locks in the East. Okay, uh, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Giannis, Kyrie, Harden, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. That's that eight. is that is the exact eight I had. Okay, um, I added so my nine and ten yeah. were were both tough because if i felt like if i included one of them i had to have them both i see i had <laughs> i i don't know i have four that i i, I so i had yeah. um do you want me to, i can I, I'll, I'll just i had four and i couldn't decide between them so i loved them all up julius fair. julius randall dominus Sabonis, trey young bam and bio really yes is your well well rob i'm gonna i'm gonna Okay, let's draft. <laughs> am I forgetting somebody? You might be. Ah, crap. Who am I forgetting? <laughs> He's a very forgivable player. That's the problem. Oh, uh, I know who it is. Jeff Teague. Oh, no. No? No. What a shock. Okay, you, want, uh, you go first. You can draft first. <laughs> you get first pick. Well, so, so, how many, so are we just doing the eight? Let's count the eight locks in the east. Okay. Ten in the west, eight in the east. Right. I don't think I'm missing anybody. Okay, I was stalling to look it up. I don't think I'm missing anybody. Okay. Okay. Were you thinking? Were you thinking Jimmy Butler? No, 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 no. Okay. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Okay. Okay. I'll pick him. I'll pick. I won't pick him first then. Let's hear your first pick. This is really frustrating to me. No, okay. I think you're uh, you're not bluffing, but I can't I can't figure. Out. Okay, so all right, let me let me get the list together. Okay. Well, he he might as well have been a lock, Devin Booker. Dang, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's who I was gonna. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Wait, that's who you were thinking? No, 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 no. That's who I was gonna. Oh, take okay. Right away. Yeah. So you get two. He might because he might as well be. He might as well. Is be that what we're two? We're, you're doing two. We're snake drafting. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take Trey. Okay. Ice Trey. And then I'm going to take Demonis Sabonis. Okay. Who, I don't, who has not been playing very well lately, but I think he's still a lot to get in. Yeah, I think the so Pacers too. Have, the Pacers are kind of free falling right now. Well, I guess the Hawks are too. Okay, give me give me two. Okay, so I get two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I, I'm going to go Julius Randle. Oh, okay. Um. Gosh, do you okay? Can I read off the locks again? I feel like you're messing with me, or you're for, you're we're not on the same page. East, the eight East locks. Yeah, yeah. Read them off. So I have Embiid, Beal, Giannis, the three Nets players, and the two Celtics players. Yeah. Yep. And we're missing someone, man. I'm telling you, he's the most forgettable player in the NBA. I. It doesn't help. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you the West is is I'm gonna go Bam Adebayo. 
Okay. Okay. We're leaving. We're leaving the West open. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I will take. I'll take Darren Fox. I'll take a. I'll take a chance on Darren Fox. I was. He's hurt. Like you said. That's what I'm. One game. About. He just missed one game. We'll see if he plays. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I'll, I'll take my guy, uh, Chris Middleton. Ooh, is that who? Is that who I'm missing? That is who it is. Yes. The most forgettable All Star behind Lamarcus. That's Aldridge. true. That's true. Okay, so so we're doing six players each, right? So that's my six. No, that's that's four. Four. Yeah. Okay. All right. So next, I'm gonna go Zion. Uh, yeah. Yep. And then. I got, I'm stuck between two. I'm gonna go Chris Paul. Uh, he was he was the, yeah the last guy on my list uh, in the West. I'll I'll go for some. Uh, I'll take a chance on the East. I think all but one of my guys are gonna be in the East. So I'm gonna take Ben Simmons. Oh okay. Uh, if it's the last the, pick, then your last if, pick is next. If the Sixers are gonna get are going to be the number one seed in the East. Chances are they might get two guys in. Okay. Uh, unfortunately for Tobias Harris, if they get two guys in, it's not going to be Tobias Harris. Right. And then, just to shout out my guy, Gordon Hayward. Oh, okay. He's not going to get in. No, he's, he's not. not. going to get in. Uh, but I just want to give him some the credit he deserves. Well, my uh, my sleeper pick is still there. Who he is left it? him. Uh, it is one empty calorie stat stuffer. Zach Levine. <laughs> he was on, he was the last one on my East <laughs> list. <laughs> All right. So oh we'll recap the list. So you had yeah. Trey Young, Dominus Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Chris Middleton, Ben Simmons, Gordon Hayward. I had Devin Booker, Julius Randle, Bam Adebayo, Zion, Chris Paul, Zach Levine. Oh, you did take <laughs> I did. I took him. I took him. Oh, God. So right. yeah, the reason we the reason we were drafting so many is there's been there's been talk about people speaking out against the All Star game that they don't want to be a part of it. Uh, so we could see potentially see a high number of fill ins as far as yeah, people replacement All Stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So heck, we might have to draft again here. That's true. We'll uh, so I guess we'll check in whenever the teams are announced. Yeah. And I don't know what happens to the loser. Right. I got. We got to do some damage control. All right. So we're we're talking. We're uh, we're renaming our PR segment. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I think that that's the name yeah. now. Uh, damage control. Okay. And I got, we got to talk to Malik Beasley's defense team. Okay. Well, give us give give me the story. Oh, I will. Oh, I will. First, First of all, I just who want, is I just Malik want... Beasley? That's number one. <laughs> that hurts. Uh, Malik Beasley is my right. favorite Timberwolf. My favorite okay. team. Favorite player on my favorite team. Uh, he's having a career, by the way. He's the best player on the team since Carly Towns has been out. Okay. And D'Angelo Russell sucks. So yeah. He's what's left. So the story would happen. He just received a 120-day sentence in a corrections facility. So back in October. So four months. That's yeah. the rest. When, when would he go to jail? Because that's the rest of the season, potentially. No, no, no. It's after the season. Oh, good for him. Because he gets okay. preferential treatment. Good. Sorry, continue. So, yeah. So back in October, someone was driving by the house that him and his, wife, his then wife were uh, renting. And he came out, pointed a gun at him, told him to get off his property. Right. That was in October. November, he signs a four-year, $60 million contract with, to stay in Minnesota. Okay. And then in December, he takes a plea deal to drop the drug charges because they found weed in his home after. <laughs> also drug charges. Okay. After, yeah. 
Uh, so now the, the sentencing for 120 days is for a felony gun charge. Mm. Okay. And I can just imagine that his defense team, when, they, when that sentence came down, they're kind of murmuring like, wait, wait, what? He signed the contract, right? Uh, right. And so I can only assume that they were under the understanding that signing a four-year deal to stay in Minnesota was the sentencing. Right. Like okay. That was that the makes punishment. Sense. Right. It's worse than any jail time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not only are the winners brutal, but no matter how hard you play, you're just not going to win any basketball games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention that defending his home was the best defense anyone's played on the world all year. <laughs> That's true. He he was willing to take a stand, which is more than you could say exactly. about Exactly. I think the, they're like 27th in defensive rating so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just ter- terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so all I'm asking for the defense team, just to, just to say, Your Honor, he has learned his lesson. No matter how hard he plays, he's not going to get any recognition. They're not going to win any games. And we just hope he learns his lesson and doesn't say, um, we're going to show the world that we're the best team in the West. Right. Something's uh, which, he said, worse. which he said in his introduction co- press conference when he got traded to the Timberwolves. So maybe you could plead insanity. It, ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would stand because... He got traded, played his first game on February 8th, 2020, last year. They've won 10 games since. Uh, <laughs> not close to the best team in the West. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough case to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just understanding that the, the defense team was confused. There was a miscommunication there. Right. But they believed that the four-year, $60 million contract was the punishment. And so they were all amazed to find out that he also has to serve 120 days in the corrections facility. Yeah, that's, some things are worse than jail. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, it sounds I, like they could use you on that legal team. A total failure on their part. Mm-hmm. A total mm-hmm. failure. That's good. I did actually, I forgot last minute, I have another a PR check-in, you could say. Oh, yeah. So, first episode, we talked about when Shaquille O'Neal, with the <laughs> bad looks that he made towards Jazz, Mitchell, and Gobert. Yeah. Well, on NBA and TNT, he came out and, and said something, and something that we should tap into as as Ooh. PR damage to people that you can just lie. You can just say something not true and just run with it. And that's that's just how you're going to do things. So here's what happened. So obviously Shaq was critical of Donovan Mitchell. Spoiler alert, the Jazz kept winning. And actually it was against the Boston Celtics game that we talked about. Here's what Shaq said at halftime. He said, I never hate. I just try to give constructive criticism. Mm. My whole career, I've been a leader and motivate my players a certain way. So you're welcome, Utah. Oh, he just taking. Oh, he just takes credit. That's right. That's, that's right. Brilliant. So, I guess the only thing you could take credit for is like maybe a drill sergeant mentality that everyone rallies up and how much they hate mm-hmm. you. Yeah. To prove you wrong, but I don't think like he, he calls it constructive criticism, but it's just not. So, like I said, I don't, I'm not sure he knows what that is. That, that you means. can just you can just say whatever you want like you know people like skip bayless who i hate yes they're not good analysts but they're good at saying things that generate attention because what they're in they're in the attention getting business oh absolutely so so i i don't like skip bayless because i think he's smart enough to know what he's doing and he's just dishonest and doesn't have integrity yep i can't say that about Shaq. i don't know if he knows what he's doing actually i actually i can say with confidence i don't think he knows what he's doing i agree and that's actually that's great to take though that we can just say whatever we want. You can just say whatever you want. You're Although welcome. all of this is recorded that we say on here and just say mm, that didn't happen. It's exactly. Didn't say that. Exactly, and we just keep running with it. Yeah. And the fun thing is, is, is you know, people roasting Shaq for saying you're welcome. That Donovan Mitchell's numbers are <laughs> identical 
before and after him saying you're welcome. <laughs> it's just a good time. It's a good story and good PR move by Shaq to just That's say true. nah. Maybe he doesn't need our help. Maybe he's like That's true. He's, he's evolved. <laughs> All right, so moving on to our, our final segment. Splash or pass? We're splashing. We're passing. Mm-hmm. Today's topic, not topic. What's the word? What Descriptors. Are we? Descriptors. Ooh, that's good. So one of the guys we didn't mention on Utah is Jordan Clarkson, who was looking like mm. the favorite for sixth man of the year. Oh, yeah. Traded the Jazz midseason last year and, and maybe took him a little bit to find his stride, but he looks good. A good part of their team, scoring a lot of points, playing a lot of minutes. I think he's playing like third or fourth most minutes on the team. Yeah, he's second leading scorer too. Yeah, wow. I actually didn't know that, but thank you for yeah, boosting my welcome. stats. Here's what we're doing. In honor of Jordan Clarkson... None of you may know, but in Jordan, I think it was either his rookie or second year. I'm taking you back to 2016 when the Los Angeles Lakers beat the Golden State Warriors, which is maybe the biggest upset in NBA history. Interestingly, statistically, it is the biggest upset. That the Lakers at the time had a win percentage, you ready? Mm-hmm. Of 0.19. Okay. And the Warriors were 0.917. <laughs> the Lakers won the game. So the Warriors were 55 and 5 going into the game. The Lakers were 12 and 51. Jesus. Going into the game. So <laughs> after, yeah, you're right. <laughs> after the game, uh, Jordan Clarkson, he and D'Angelo Russell, the backcourt duo of the Lakers, outdueled Seth Curry. Let's say Seth oh, Curry. No. Damn it, I did it again. Yeah. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, known as the Splash Brothers. When asked about it, he said, me and D'Angelo Russell were the Swag Brothers. <laughs> we beat the Splash Brothers. Oh God! And great, so the great value Splash Brothers. Exactly, exactly. So in honor of that horrible, horrible name on a terrible team, we are splash passing this week with Splash Brothers or Swag Brothers, depending on if it's good or bad. Obviously, Swag Brothers is good. No, nope. no, no. That's not right. That's not right. Splash Brothers, if we like it. Swag buzz if we don't. So we're going to start with trade rumors. Start us off. Yeah. So first, something you love to hear. I mean, we're pro-tanking. This is a pro-tanking podcast. Very. First and very. foremost. Do not shame the tank. That's right. Three tanking teams have announced themselves as publicly selling. They are open for business. Come take any value. Give us picks. Pistons, <laughs> Cavs, and Thunder. They are in the selling business. And I love it. Not All veterans it. should be on the table. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, I, I've said it before, this is the year to tank. There's no yeah. fans. It's a weird season. Nobody cares if you're bad. Nope. The problem is that nobody is touching Blake Griffin or Kevin Love on those teams. That's true. And well, Al Horford, for that matter, because of the contracts. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I hope they don't get bought out because that's a lot of money. I know. But we'll see. I, I, I would be, like I said, George Hill, I'd be surprised if he finished the, the year on the team. I don't know who else. Like the Derek Rose is already gone. Yeah. Sell anybody under the age of twenty six off the table. Everybody else, you can okay. have. Yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. So we I'm like Splash it. Bros. On Splash that. Bros. I love sell. Tank. Tank. Sell tank. All. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Another one. Kyle Lowry. This is surprising. Yeah. I think it was like other executives heard murmurs. People begin to murmur inside the Raptors organization that Kyle Lowry might be up for sale. Here's the thing. He's thirty five years old. Thirty million dollars this year. He's a free agent. I assume the Raptors just don't want to pay him. Yeah. I am I am swag brothers on loyalty because the Raptors are cold-blooded up in oh. the north. I mean, it was two years ago, they trade their 
franchise player, the all-time leading scorer, DeMar DeRozan, for a one-year yep. rental of Kawhi Leonard. I mean, it works, obviously, so yeah. good for them. But And then, you know, Kyle Lowry, the face of the team for how many years? They just don't want to pay him. Yeah. It's not a... Okay, I'm I'm Splash Brothers on what it, what a Kyle Lowry trade could do to the NBA. It, mm. could, cha- it could change, like, the power of the NBA. Well, I'm nervous. The Clippers were a rumored name. That's, I don't know how they trade for saying. him. I don't know how they trade yeah, for him. I don't know. I have no idea how what they could possibly send that yeah. would entice the Raptors. Um, but, yeah, if someone can pull it off, uh, like the Miami Heat especially, mm-hmm. it might be kind of interesting. Okay, I got I got a, a something for us. Yeah. Rumor is that Harrison Barnes is getting some interest, especially from the Boston Celtics. Danny Ainge with his war chest of assets. Right. Apparently, he found his guy that he's mm-hmm, willing to. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is laughable. So, so I mean, Harrison Barnes is, you know, I don't know how seriously to take him. He was the eighth best player on the Warriors Dynasty team. <laughs> and apparently, like, uh, his numbers are good this year. Uh, does he move the needle for the um, Celtics? I don't know. Probably not. Okay. Good, good analysis. I agree. I mean, He's having a career year of scoring. He's shooting the ball well, which is always his downfall in, especially in Golden State in the right. finals. Right, just couldn't hit the open shots. Right, um, putting up like seventeen points a game efficiently, but it's weird because I don't feel like that's where the Celtics are are struggling. Right, and we like should talk about size. we should talk. About, the Celtics are dumb. Yes, right. Oh, please, please, Robbie, please get, tell the people. Well, actually, do you want to do, do the next one first? And then we can talk about them. Yeah, this okay. is also, uh, well, Harrison Barnes trading for the Celtics. Going to the Celtics, bad. Swag Brothers. Celtics are yes. dumb. Swag Bros, for sure. Uh, John Collins is also, name, his name is getting thrown out there a bit. Right. Uh, Hawks are open to trading him. They're way off on a contract number. Reportedly, him and Trey have had some issues. Although on the court, they, I mean, they look like they love playing together. So who knows what's really going on. But uh, again, they're not sure that they want to pay him what he wants. Right. So, so Rob... Well, so the Celtics were a name to watch, mm-hmm. and like Danny Ainge is famous for being a savvy guy, but he's also famous for not making trades. Yes, like the idea of what was I don't remember what the trade was, but they were very vocal about you know we're going after this guy, this guy. We're looking at these guys like some years ago, and then years later, the report came out that they never even made a phone call <laughs> about him. They this off season, when Gordon Hayward. Did not sign or didn't accept his player option and was an unrestricted free agent. The Pacers came to them, offered a sign-in trade, offered Miles Turner and who was it? It was uh, your guy, Doug McDermott. Dougie Miles Turner and Doug McDermott for Gordon Hayward. The rights to basically sign Gordon Hayward. Celtics said no because they wanted Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner. They wanted Miles Turner, but they also wanted either T.J. Warren or Victor Oladipo. Like, who do you think you are? Which is obviously <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Crazy. Insane. The Patriots obviously said no. So they Celtics let him walk for a trade exception, which apparently yep. they might use on Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Cha-ching. But now, turns out, to everyone's surprise, the Celtics have no front court presence. They mm-hmm. need a big man. And they're looking at trading for guys like John Collins. And I've heard in order to make this trade, they would need some combinations of first-round picks and the young talent they've drafted the last few years. So you could have had, in my eyes, John Collins and Miles Turner are the same person. (laughs) You could have had Miles Turner for effectively nothing, a trade exception. Now you're potentially looking at John Collins for multiple young, valuable assets. I just, it's... 
the lengths people go to defend Danny Ainge are, are interesting. Yeah. Celtics yeah. Twitter. Oh, especially. And I mean, Miles Turner is a great rim protector, which is what they're really struggling with right now. And yeah. so it just makes it makes the decision that much worse. That's true. Like, He's he leading the league in blocks for way right too now. much. Yeah. 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 Okay, you got some other ones? Yeah. Our own splash passes. So I am Swag Brothers on missed inputs. I know you are more of a, a 2K player than I am. But oh, I'm yeah. sure you can remember times when you're playing 2K with somebody that's like, you know, not that familiar with the game or like a little cousin or something. And all of a sudden, randomly chuck up a full court shot after getting a rebound because they pushed square when they didn't mean to, right? Well, this yeah, happened in real life to one Draymond Green. Down three points with seven seconds, the ball at half court. Draymond Green catches the immense pass and immediately clanks the shot off the backboard from half court. With Steph Curry sitting there looking at him like the way LeBron looked at J.R. Smith in the 2018 oh, finals. Yeah. Just an all-time oh, yeah. hilarious moment. And I do want to, while, while we're here, I got I got a, a text from a friend that listened to the podcast that was, thought we were, I thought, that, thought I was a little too critical of Draymond Green you know, being a fake tough guy. And here's, here's my response that I forgot to mention. If I can search your name along with the words kicked in the balls and pull up a compilation of you kicking other basketball players in the balls in basketball games you're not tough like that's not no. a thing tough people do and if there's a montage of it it's even worse <laughs> so so here's i guess we can get for you so also after the game Draymond green said it was the smartest dumb play in nba history yeah which i don't know how you can shoot a half court shot with seven seconds left and use the word smart in a sentence it's 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 interesting to me. Obviously, the the thought process was he's going to get fouled, right? And so he tried to draw a foul, a shooting foul, while shooting a three. What do you what do you think about that mindset of while you're down three, you think the other team's going to foul you to send you to the free throw line? You check well, up a three point shot. What do you think about it? Well, I would think I have the greatest shooter in NBA history standing not too far away that's from me. That's true. That's true. I should do anything to get the ball in his yeah. hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Do you know I did something like this in high school practice? Do you want to hear the story? It's pretty funny. <laughs> I would love to. So we were doing, it was just like, a, you know, one of those like practice end of game situations. Like, you know, close game, you play out the last two minutes of a game or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're up two with the ball. And for whatever reason, they keep fouling and we're not shooting free throws. They just keep having us take the ball out. So like after the second time they foul, I have the bright idea to do this. So I catch the ball half court and just chuck it at the rim. And for whatever reason, they don't foul me. So just like Draymond, the ball clanks off the backboard. And it's one of those things where, like, we didn't stop the game, but I kind of stood there for a second because I'm like, surely this is so stupid that the coach will blow the whistle and be like, yeah. what are you doing? I couldn't have possibly done something that dumb. Exactly, exactly. He didn't. I mean, our coach wasn't like a big yeller, but afterwards he was like, you're an idiot. And I was. I was an idiot when I was you know, a 16-year-old kid doing this. Yeah, Draymond Green does it and calls it a smart play. Yeah, so smartest dumb play though. But he used the word smart and play yes, in the sentence. Did. Yes, he did. Didn't say wasn't. I do love that uh, Steve Kerr came to his defense again, saying it was my fault. I didn't tell Draymond that the Spurs don't normally foul in this situation. I didn't tell Draymond not to shoot from him. Exactly. <laughs> so good coach always has his players back, I guess. Good coach would have him prepared though. Well, we're not talking about Steve Kerr. We could. We go on. We don't have time for that. Uh, okay, I am Splash Bros on the Pistons playing to their level of competition. Yes. Okay, Detroit Pistons, seven and nineteen this season. Seven it's wins. Not good. 
19 losses. Yeah. I've played the hardest schedule in the NBA. I'm going to read off their, their seven wins real quick. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lakers, Nets, Celtics twice, Suns, Sixers, and Heat. Okay, common denominator here. <laughs> yeah. All these teams they've beat are good, which right. means all the teams they've lost to are bad or potentially bad. Yeah, that's a wild stat. It's 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 like the the Pistons are the team nobody wants to play in the playoffs. Exactly. Good thing. But they'll be nowhere near the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, what a wild. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there's a stat for it. I don't know how to look it up. Like the strength of the average strength of losses. Like the strength yeah. of the opponents that you lose good, to. You need good it losses. It has to be historically low. Yeah. The teams that they're losing to versus the teams they're beating. Yeah. Good one. That's it's, it. Good actually, one. it actually makes for a good, for good television. It does. You never like if they're playing like the Magic. Ah, they're gonna get blown Don't out. Care. Could not exactly, care. exactly. Exactly. When the Bucks come to town, I want to <laughs> tune out. in. Look out, Giannis getting locked up. By exactly. Jeremy. Ooh, speaking of Pistons, how about Josh Jackson? Yeah, he looks good. Playing, you know, I, <laughs> for the number four pick, he does not look good. But for what Josh Jackson <laughs> being in the G League last year, okay, before, okay, we'll take he looks it. good. Comeback Player of the Year. <laughs> Just that's not a thing in the NBA, right? It is in the NFL. Yeah, it should be. All right, that's a good one. All right, so my next one. I am Swag Brothers on voter fraud. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Right now, we're living through a turbulent time in American history. People think that the election was rigged. And let me tell you, I understand why they do. I know where those... i got to make sure I don't mess up my letters here. Those rigging liberals got the idea to steal this election from. They were watching the 2016 slam dunk contest when Aaron Gordon was robbed. Voter fraud struck this week five years ago when Zach Levine beat Aaron Gordon in the best dunk contest in NBA history. I, I'm still mad that Aaron Gordon lost this dunk contest. This is the five-year anniversary of it. I, uh, I'm just going to say that uh, both in both elections and voting... Uh, they got it right. Uh, Zach Levine well deserved that slam dunk contest. The dude dunked from the free throw line doing a windmill. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Zach Levine was incredible. All-time great dunker. Aaron Gordon, I, I say this with conviction, the under the legs, double under the legs. By the way, if, you haven't, if you're not familiar haven't watched this in a while, go watch oh. like a recap of these dunks. It's like the, the best slam dunk contest I've ever seen. The, the one where he brought it under both legs is the best dunk in slam dunk off, contest history. Off the mascot. Yeah, best dunk. Yes. He's like hands down. Obviously, Vince Carter, iconic dunker. This is the best dunk ever in slam dunk oh, contest. Oh, yeah. And so I don't, I, I just, the, that dunk was so much better than anything I've ever seen. The fact that he didn't win on that dunk alone I know. highway and, robbery. And that's, I think that's, his, his, that dunk was better than anything Zach Levine did. But yeah. all of Zach Levine's dunks were insane. I don't care. Both, I mean, both that year and the year before. Aaron Gordon was robbed. Sticking yeah. to it. And then I, I will say Aaron Gordon getting robbed this, what, it was just last year. Oh, God, That one, yeah. that one hurt too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Okay, I am, um... I'm swag bros on Derrick Rose's fascination with the Knicks. You know, we talked about it la- right. uh, last time his super right. t- his super team quotes mm-hmm. from uh, about five years ago. Well, this year, as we know, live on the podcast, he got traded uh, for my guy Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. He is now in New York. So reportedly, he told Pistons coach Dwayne Casey that he wanted to get traded to a 
playoff team. He wants to play in the playoffs because he's only got so much mileage left in his leg. Right, right. And the team that he brought up was the Knicks. Uh, which he, suggested, the, he suggested. He suggested the Knicks. The Knicks. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, which I, when I think of playoff teams, I do not think of the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so reportedly, Dwayne Casey told him, "You have just as good a chance as making the playoffs here as you do in New York." <laughs> <laughs> and the Pistons are seven nineteen. As we that's know, that's <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about the Knicks in New York for Derrick Rose, but. He sees them in a different light as the rest he of He sure them. does. The, the the bright lights of the city have blinded him in a way. Yes. Yeah, only him in the weekend, have. though. That's <laughs> right. All right. That's a good one. I am Splash Brothers. I am high on the Clippers fixing their issues from last year. Mm. Oh, yeah. For those of you that don't remember, which how could you not, the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets, all of which... The three games in a row they lost, they had double-digit lead in the second half of all of them. Oh, yeah. Is that not correct? That is correct. So, collapses down the stretch in three straight closeout games. After losing the game, here's what Paul George said. He said, I think internally we always felt this is not a championship or bust year for us, which is stupid. Just yeah. We can only get better the longer we stay together, the more we're around each other. The more chemistry for this group, the better. We just didn't have enough time together. Which, by the way, interesting enough... LeBron's Lakers were pieced together in a very similar way. It wasn't an issue for them. So this year, second year together, the wheels are turning. They're looking good. Fix their issues, right? Gotta be, right? Well, here's a fun stat for you. Right now, the Clippers rank second in the league in points per 100 possessions, which Ooh, is good. That's good. They also rank 29th out of 30. 29th to the 30. Second to last in points Ooh. in the clutch which the clutch is defined as the last five minutes of a game when the score is five points or less. Oh, I love it. So good to see the Clippers figuring out their issues that they're not good down the stretch and they need to be better in tight situations. Mm. Looks like they got it figured out. Good for them. (laughs) Look out, Lakers. (laughs) Okay, I got got one more for you here. Yeah. Um, I am Splash Bros on the uh, battle for Kendall Jenner that took place (laughs) the other day. Okay. Uh, for you who don't know, Tell me Ben more. Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons used to date Kendall Jenner. I think this might have been after Kyle Kuzma and after Blake Griffin. I can't remember the the specific order, uh, but I think they have, or Ben Simmons was was the third NBA player to date her. Uh, and then apparently her and Devin Booker are now together. Interesting. And these two these two faced off the other day, mm. um, and it ended in a win for Devin Booker. And it ended, the win ended with a pretty much a logo three to seal the game. Wow. Right in Ben Simmons' face. Wow. Uh, and if you can't, you can't tell me that it wasn't a little like. Did, did she come out and jump into his arms? Intention afterwards? behind that one. She did not. Oh. I'm not sure they allow fans. Oh, I missed the opportunity. Um, but, <clears throat> but the best thing about this, this came, Devin Booker had dropped 36, I think, in the game. Uh, one day after Ben Simmons called himself the best defender in the NBA. <laughs> that's good he's listening to the tabloids and to ben simmons exactly i am i am splash bros on uh fighting over a woman all right all right that's good so this my goes to devin booker that's true i didn't jordan clarkson oh, date yeah, her jordan at one clarkson. point yeah I, I do think that's right so maybe so stay tuned for for the sun's jazz actually do they play uh, i don't know i'm sure but i'm sure they do circle that game in the calendar i was thinking they i, I remember the jazz played a good team tonight Anyways, look up Suns Jazz, circle that game. All right, so my last one, 
I am Swag Brothers on Robert Ori. Oh, okay. For, for those of you who don't know, one Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl, unprecedented in the NFL. And Robert Ori, his position on the pantheon of all-time greats got a little crowded. Because those of you who don't know, Robert Ori, seven rings also. And he has the most rings in NBA history for somebody not on the 1960 Celtics. That wasn't on the, that dynasty run. But now his spot's a little crowded at the top. Tom Brady is creeping up on his turf. Interestingly enough, uh, Robert Ory was interviewed after Tom Brady won his seventh. And he said, basically, he doesn't get enough respect. Basically, he, he said a championship team is like Kool-Aid. You can't make Kool-Aid without sugar. And he was the sugar on that team. And I don't even have to roast him for this. <laughs> here's what the article said about it. They said, here's basically four positives for why basically Robert Ory should get more respect. Number one, he was a solid player. He was a competent defender, a decent shooter, not afraid of big game situations. That's good. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Number two, since he wasn't a stat stuffer, he didn't have a high salary, so teams could pay him. Oh, okay. That's a great thing on your resume. Number three, good franchises target players like him. Okay. So, you know, that should go okay. on a Hall of Fame resume. Yeah. And then number four was luck. <laughs> Here's what they said about luck. They said... Yes, sugar gets scooped from the bag into Kool-Aid, but it's random which grains of sugar are near the top. The lower grains aren't less sweet. They just happen to not be in the right place. <laughs> so just they just they interviewed Robert Ory, took what he said, like, yeah, but here's why you're wrong. Yeah. You don't reserve respect. You're just lucky. <laughs> I, I love it. it. I love it. Okay. So maybe he might actually come out of retirement to try to win an eighth ring. That so would put him on top. Tom that Brady. should put him in. That's yeah. true. That's true. Okay, I gotta, I gotta just, just touch on this. I looked this up. Uh, Kendall Jenner did date Jordan Clarkson. Okay. Well before anybody else, so she dated him as a swag brother. Wow. Twenty sixteen. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. So did you look up when the, uh, when that game is? Suns Jazz. No, I was looking up the important things like that's that. That's true. Okay, good, good, good. All right. Well, that's okay. the episode. Yeah. Uh, shout out the people that are listening to this. We appreciate it. Yeah. Shout out us. For yeah. having this be shorter. Oh, yeah. What did we get today, Rob? Gonna, uh, well, the recording right now is at 71 minutes, but that's going to cut down because that's I've pretty good before and after. Because we got to cut out that one part. Maybe. We'll see. A little look behind the scenes for you guys. <laughs> uh, thank yep. you for listening. Uh, we have a Twitter, like we mentioned, uh, yeah. at Graze the Rim. Yeah. We'll try to use that a little more. We're still figuring it out. I don't really know how to use Twitter, but. No. Uh, yeah. Twitter. Uh, tweet us. Yeah, ask questions you want us to sure. answer or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. I, I also, I'm going to be working on a YouTube channel. That's in the works, in development stages. So probably by this time next podcast, we'll be able to Sweet. plug that. We love we love uh, criticism, constructive criticism. <laughs> like Shaq, yeah. <laughs> we love the um, hate. I was thinking, yeah, so so I was thinking we should do, because we talked about doing like a, a segment where we, because like we're having this contest for the All-Stars. Mm-hmm. We should do like something where we come up with a bet, yeah, at the end of each episode, and then carry over to the beginning of the next, and okay. then maybe like like run a contest that at the end of the season the loser has to like buy a Kyle Lowry jersey or something. Oh, please, God no! We'll figure a dream out on this. green jersey. Rather go to jail. <laughs> I'd rather spend 120 days. Me and Malik Beasley. That's right. Uh, all right, sign off. Thanks, guys. Uh, next week, do we have a topic for next week? I'm sure we will. 
We will talk basketball next week. Stay Confirmed. Tuned. You heard it first right here. All right. Play no, us out. Play out. Look out. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna fade in really slowly, so there's gonna be music in the background over this. Okay. Uh, while I look up the guy's name, so I can say that guy. Play us out. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh god. This is gonna be a really long fade in. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so, okay. So it's... Oh, God, okay. Logan Martin is, is the YouTube channel. Okay. Here's what the, the YouTube video is. Heart of a Champion by Nelly. Sweat co Remix cover mm. Logan Martin. I thought, mm. for a while, I thought his name was Nelly Sweat. I think he's <laughs> supposed to... I think it's I think it's Heart of a Champion by Nelly Sweet Remix. But he spelled Sweat. I think that's what's happening. Logan no, Martin. Isn't, isn't Sweat like the album? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I thought so. That makes way more we'll sense. We'll have the answer so. for you. God, next I hope so. Uh, Logan Martin, play us out. Yes. Hit it.
Yeah.